customer experience is your brand. All about the interaction that a customers customer are not just customers that can the be kind of experience you give to people. Customers. That's what they're going. Amazon through. wants you to buy something. A warranty company wants their contractors. Customer to experience, you know, it really is how your brand gets projected out in, into the world. Business is not just business; it's very human. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of In The Know. This is your host, Todd Stewart. I am thrilled today to introduce you to our newest guest, Taurus, the CEO and founder of Taurus Tech, a modern way of training HVAC contractors about new practices, policies, and methods on how to succeed in the HVAC space. Taurus Tech, which you can find at touristech.org, specializes in New York City refrigeration license exam preparation and New York City refrigeration operating engineer courses that go into heat, pressure, evaporators, compressors, and many other important areas in HVAC. And Taurus has taught hundreds of HVAC professionals, all the way from Fortune 500 companies to individual technicians. In today's episode, we also have Dispatch CEO Avi Goldberg, who will weigh in in the service knowledge gap issue. Both Avi and Taurus will talk about their biggest concerns in today's service industry and the ever-expanding knowledge gap. So without any further ado, please enjoy this conversation between myself, Taurus McBride, and Avi Goldberg. All right, cool. Welcome back to another episode of In the Know, the Dispatch podcast. Uh, we have an exciting episode today. Taurus McBride and Avi Goldberg are here. They're going to talk about the knowledge gap, uh, everything that that we need to know in, in the service space. And, you know, we're, we're going to jump right into this. Um, you know, from a very high level, and, and Taurus, this, this question is for you. What essentially is the knowledge gap? It relates to uh, fields such as the one that I'm involved in, HVAC, but actually much um, um, broader than that. Uh, we have this problem where a, a lot of people who work in these fields, they're not in a position to transfer their knowledge onto the next generation of people. Um, the, the, the organizations that we are relying on to provide uh, uh, basically information and training to the people who are going into a wide variety of fields, because of the way that uh, the education system is structured in the United States, it kind of incentivizes training organizations not to provide completely up-to-date information. So, uh, for example, in, um, in New York City, where I am, in the field that I teach HVAC, there are organizations uh, that uh, have HVAC, um, uh, basically, associate's degrees, which are, for the most part, useless, because all of that time you're spending in the classroom is uh, not equivalent to what you would be learning in, in the real world working um, under somebody who, who can show you not just the ropes of what they already know, but you also get to encounter a lot of different things. So what I began to realize over all my years of uh, teaching is there was a disconnect between uh, the theoretical that is taking place inside of a classroom and what actually takes place in, in the real world. So um, going back to the, to the knowledge gap, uh, there's a, a disconnect between what people need to know in order to do their jobs and what the facilities are providing in terms of training. Um, and that's something that I'm looking to correct. Yeah, I would, I would completely agree with that. I just, but to add one additional point, which is the knowledge gap is not only for, for people that have, let's say, 
that are doing work in the skilled trades, um, you know, how do they, as technology evolves, it's about, you know, making it exciting and interesting to people that, you know, that are graduating high school and are, are not yet familiar with what it means to be a tradesperson. you know, someone who's skilled in the, you know, in, in the HVAC appliance or, you know, or, or handyman space, you know, the technology is making it a lot more exciting, um, you know, and much more modern. And we need the, the knowledge gap to me is inclusive of, of people, you know, who are looking around for what what career choice they might make and giving them familiar more familiarity with you know why you know what, what is the convergence of you know newer technologies uh, you know IoT you know and you know uh, it could be augmented reality and machine learning how does all of that apply to the skilled trades and introducing that to, to kids that are in in high school as well as people that are you know potentially in grad you know in, in college or graduate school and are looking to to explore those as a, as a career choice the future of skills trade and, and just employment in general in my viewpoint um, we need to do a better job of uh, enticing younger people to uh, want to be informed about not just you know so-called blue-collar jobs but the underlying technology that kind of undergirds those fields so um, uh, initially I uh, my company was called HVAC Tutor um, before it was Taurus Tech um, and when I would talk about HVAC I would explain that with the uh, underlying technologies that you would find in the HVAC field just you know quickly um, deals with physics and thermodynamics and chemistry and and you're not even getting into the the digital uh, technologies, the, uh, the um, controls and the uh, capacitors and a, and a lot of different technical things that people uh, need to be learning about. And uh, just in regards to the future of our country or the future of the entire planet, uh, technology is not going to stop. Technological developments are not going to stop. They're going to keep getting more elaborate and more involved, whether that's Internet of Things, whether that is smart homes. And uh, we need people to understand how these things work. Not necessarily that everybody needs to understand all of the technical aspects of it, but they do need to understand that it exists, how it relates to them, how it relates to a field that they may want to work in. And one of the biggest problems is we're, we're simply not doing a good enough job enticing young people to go into these fields. And a part of what I'm trying to do is make it more enticing, make it more exciting, utilize the different technologies such as virtual reality, augmented reality, uh, machine learning, and AI to a certain degree. Uh, if we do not um, uh, present these options to people who are working in skilled trades and ancillary fields, then they will not be fully equipped to deal with the jobs and the economy of tomorrow. So that's definitely something we need to look at. Why do you think that the, that the knowledge gap is, do you think, well, first off, do you think it's growing? Oh, it's absolutely growing. If you look at, um, like I have uh, teenage children and you look at the way in which uh, somebody like me, I'm about 43, uh, was educated, I was exposed to a wide variety of different things. And it's funny because today you have young people who can be exposed to many different things, but in kind of an entertainment fashion, not so much in a, uh, this is something they might want to, uh, a field they might want to work in. So there are no more shop classes in school. There are no more 
there's not even home economics classes in, in many uh, schools anymore. And to me, especially when you have skills trades, I don't want to just introduce this to people in the sense that you, you have to get your hands dirty and you have to, you know, uh, be kind of a grease monkey type. There are those jobs and those jobs are lucrative and plentiful. However, there's a wide spectrum of jobs that people who, in my opinion, understand the language, the, the common language that supports the entire field. More people understand that they would realize the benefits of uh, an endless number of careers because I, I like to tell people HVAC is not going any place and in fact it's becoming more essential than ever and it's you know I always go back to HVAC because there's so much information there so um, I have associates who do nothing but install pumps install motors there is so much technical information in regards to that that if somebody understands that they might be able to extrapolate from that and make some great new uh, technological invention that might enhance human life in a different way so to me uh, we need to do a better job of educating and training people not that they're going to work in these fields for the rest of their lives but they would gain knowledge that they can utilize in a number of different ways so your your whole approach is more of that real world education. I love that the the like mobile classroom you mentioned before. Um, can can you go into detail about how that is um, closing this gap a little bit? Um, speaking about the, the the my personal background with education for for many years, I was on the theoretical side of teaching people the principles um, behind the HVAC field, and I really didn't deal too much on the practical side. And then I started to realize that many of my former students, and I've trained thousands of people, many of my former students were not getting the careers that they set out to in the field because they did not have the practical knowledge to go along with the theoretical knowledge or the certifications that I helped them acquire. So um, I, obviously, I believe the theory is very important. I believe certifications are very important, uh, important. but we have to pair those with real world practical experience and again not that people are, all have to work in a service capacity where they actually repair the machines but most people are tactile in their learning capacity um, we kind of forget that as children we, we we learned everything that we know through physical trial and error when you had to learn how to ride a bike you know you had to actually fall down a couple of times and get back up and establish uh, you know a balance um, inside of your brain. And to me, the same thing applies uh, with whether it's HVAC or other skills trades where just having certifications or theoretical training is not going to be enough. So um, someone came to me and asked me uh, to do a uh, essentially a, a class for uh, low-income communities and troubled youth. And I, I thought about it and I said, well, I have this great business where I'm doing all this uh, theoretical training. I don't have to get my hands dirty. Do I really want to do it? And then I thought about it and I said, absolutely. And uh, for the last uh, essentially six months, I've been on a mission doing HVAC camps. So um, uh, in addition to my online classroom, I do HVAC camps where I do what I call community classroom teaching, where if there's a church or there's a school or there's a veteran post, I will carry the equipment. So I, I, I have I purchased tens of thousands of dollars worth of HVAC equipment and uh, I rent vans and I, I take all the equipment to the locations where we teach these HVAC camps. So generally at this point, they're once a week. 
and we uh, teach people all of all the basic hands-on skills that you require in HVAC, such as uh, charging and recovery and uh, brazing and some electrical testing. And it's not the fact that we're going to um, teach somebody the same thing in five weeks that they would learn over the course of a year or two. But what I immediately had happen, I had many, many employers reach out to me saying that they would hire people who were attending my HVAC camps. And the reason was when you have people going to a school uh, for you know two or three years to get a, a HVAC degree, those people cannot enter into the job market yet because the schools are incentivized to actually retard their growth. So if there are certifications that are required to work in the HVAC field, such as the EPA 608 technician or some other certifications, they, they would be going to school for two years and not actually receive that certification until the end of those two years. Therefore, they're in, able to actually get a job someplace in the field, no matter how much knowledge that they have. And what I began to realize subsequently, I've actually had people getting jobs uh, from my HVAC camps uh, recently. Uh, what I began to realize is we need to fundamentally change the way we educate people in this country. We need to train people uh, to get the rudimentary, rudimentary skills and certifications that are required for particular skills trades and then get them into the job labor market as quickly as possible. And then there's the flip side of that where our internship and apprenticeship structure in this country, they're not what they should be. So, you know, once you kind of enter into a, the skills trade field, if you are a low, uh, uh, if you're kind of low on the totem pole, then you'll be uh, earning very, you know, relatively low amount of money. There are many people who cannot afford to survive when they're making that. So my idea is we have to get people into the labor market quicker whether it's at the teenage level or before they incur tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of college debt, allow them, if you, if you are going to be a low paid employee, it's better to be that as a teenager or somebody without a tremendous amount of college debt. And you can work your way up and continue the theoretical training with somebody like me while you are actually working. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a different model for education. And then I actually, I want to flip, flip that question over to Avi, and that's why I'm excited for you guys to, to be here. So that's more on like the, the human capital side. How does technology kind of fit into that place where the knowledge gap can close and on the back of technology? I think about, you know, technology and, you know, software in particular as being sort of a, a of an amplifier, right? So if you're, you know, somebody who's interested in this field, who is excited about, you know, the potential you know, of having a career, you know, in a trade where they can leverage all of this great technology, you know, the, the, the software that, you know, that we've built here at Dispatch and other companies have built, you know, really kind of augments the, the experience, not only for the user, it makes them more efficient, it helps them make more money, it helps them, you know, be more productive, but it also increases kind of customer satisfaction, which at the end of the day, you know, the people that Taurus, um, you know, are work, you know, is working with are really people that are providing a service to either a homeowner or a business. And customer expectations today are at an all-time high and leveraging, you know, technology plus, you know, plus pot, you know, good service allows for an enhanced customer experience. And that that is where technology in and of itself plays a really key role in, you know, in, in helping, you know, in helping the people that, you know, that Taurus is working with really provide, you know, you know, provide and meet the customer's expectation. I couldn't agree more. You know, it's um it's it's very interesting because you 
<laughs> human beings have collective amnesia in that we all kind of forget what happened to previous generations. And there, every generation has its, its version of a Luddite who is railing against technology. So we have people who are, you know, against uh, AI and machine learning and uh, self-driving cars and all these things. But we forget that the technologies we use today are the same technologies people were railing against before. So when the automobile became po uh, uh, popular, people, all the, all the uh, horse and buggy, you know, the horse drivers and the uh, buggy makers were railing against that. And what we have to do with each subsequent generation is make sure that they are informed about the technology and they are utilizing the technology to make them more employable and uh, capable of earning higher and higher paychecks. Because as I inform my students, you don't get paid for what you can do, you get paid for what you know. And very often, especially in a field like uh, skills trade or HVAC, um, you're not gonna be performing the same task at all times. And therefore it requires you to be able to, uh, you know, fall back on knowledge that you may not have practiced, you know, anytime recently. So uh, looking at, you know, the technology that you guys provide, which I'm, I'm very, very excited about, um, if somebody is doing a job, and, and very often in a service company, you have multiple people who will be working on a, uh, the same job in different ways. And I've seen uh, service companies where they have problems with different people uh, repeating tasks or doing redundant tasks, um, doing the same troubleshooting or actually reversing the actions of a previous technician. So uh, essentially what your software does it, it for, for, you know, small to large service companies, it, it eliminates a lot of the inefficiency and it allows everyone to perform better as a team. And beyond that, one of the, one of the bigger issues, especially in the service field, is there's a, because the general public is not educated about what is happening with the, the, the technology, whether it's HVAC or something else, um, there's a, a, a tendency to, to mistrust the people who are actually doing the work. And unfortunately, it's been exacerbated by a number of bad actors. But when, when you are able to demonstrate with software such as yours, here's a, here's a trail of everything that we've done. This is a, a, a verification of the, the tasks that have been performed. And you compare that with you know, uh, pricing. And it, it kind of makes things simple for a lay person to understand what the service profession is doing. So to me, anything that um, uh, makes that relationship smoother is better for everybody involved. Just in general, high level, do you think technology and the future of technology in the service space is benefiting the person that's completing the work or the person that's receiving that work and, and like it's essentially like the homeowner at the end of the Sure, so technology benefits everyone, but in different ways. So if, if you think about it, if, if, if you're working in a field, if there were not new technological developments, then eventually you would be out of a job. And if you were a homeowner, like just in terms of our economy, we have to have new technologies. We have to have new things that people purchase that will you know, make other things irrelevant, but that's, that's really how our economy works. And newer generations of people are not going to use the same technologies that older generations use. I mean, how many of, like I'm old enough where I remember a VCR and I remember an eight track tape and I remember audio tapes and you know, 
nobody's utilizing these things today. So from a, a consumer standpoint, the for let's say for the homeowner, you know, better technology is, is great because it's going to make number one, your home more uh, uh, efficient in terms of energy. So you'll be saving money. Um, it's uh, in terms of if you're talking about, let's say in, in, in terms of HVAC, if you're talking about um, the heat pumps and split systems and the mini splits and these types of systems, they're far more efficient than the old central air conditioning systems um, in terms of cooling one zone of a house or a commercial space, as opposed to you're just, you know, cooling the, the, the duct in between your floors or cooling or heating the duct in between your floors. So in terms of the, the consumer side, the homeowner, there's tremendous benefit there. But in terms of the, the person that's performing the work, there's also tremendous benefit because I like to explain to people that skills trade and, and especially HVAC is future proof. When they you know come along with the self-driving cars, there will, be, be, there will never be, at least not anytime soon, any robots that are going to repair all of these HVAC systems. Um, so uh, for me, I, I see positives all the way around, but we have to do a better job of educating everyone. We need to do a better job of educating the homeowners, uh, educating the service professionals, as well as educating um, um, government officials that are making decisions that uh, have a bearing on all of these different things. So for example, in California, they just mandated that every new uh, construction home has to have solar panels on it. So, okay, that's, that's, that's fine. But then there are going to be consequences that go along with that. Is the, the electrical grid going to be set up in a way where people are going to get, are going to get benefits from uh, feeding electricity back into the, uh, into the grid? Because if you have an excess of demand that's being fed into that grid on, you know, off peak hours, that's going to be very problematic. So we have to do a better job of creating awareness about this field, um, about all skills trades both from how it affects the individual, how it affects society, how it affects the climate. Um, but yeah, that's what I think. I think uh, I echo, you know, Taurus's sentiments. I will also acknowledge and admit the fact that I remember uh, VCRs and A-Tracks and all sorts of uh, antiquated technology that, uh, that that I grew up with, you know, cable boxes that, you know, before the remote. Um, interestingly, I think that if, if people I'll just take it one step further, if people don't embrace, you know, technology, um, then I think what happens very quickly is 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 they become they become absent or almost obsolete in a in a fast moving you know environment. So homeowners that are not uh, using cell phones to communicate with the people that don't have email that aren't comfortable paying for things digitally are going to be left, you know. Kind of wondering, you know, who's left for me to interact with, or service providers that that, that don't adopt technology, you know, you know, being able to remotely diagnose something or even remotely fix something. You will always need an offline, online interaction, but more and more, you know, the the, the medium with which people are communicating is is on the sort of is. is is on the heels of, of technology. I mean, you have to have mobile phones, you need to have, you know, you need to have some communication portal of some sort. And if people are not using sort of the latest and greatest, or at least some, some you know, better medium than, you know, sort of a handheld phone, then they're gonna be stuck, you know, not being able to access the very best and brightest, um, you know, technicians or service providers that can help them fix their problem. And they're gonna be left working with people that may not have, you know, sort of more advanced knowledge in terms of what, what are the standards today. 
so so I think the adoption of tech from the homeowner is relatively easy and is probably adopted much faster than the person who's completing the work in the in the service space. What helps with that adoption? Um, the, the the funny thing is that I've recently discovered that there are many um, governmental initiatives to um, increase. Um, training on the service technician side. I've been contacted by different government agencies. They want me to provide that type of training. And when I speak to these people and I say like, I'm pretty plugged into this field and I've never heard about what, what you're offering. And it's, it's a, it's a really big problem. Um, People who especially work in skilled trades, they fall back on what they already know and they're very slow to adopt um, advancements that are coming along. And it's, it's very problematic because let's say if, if all you do is, is clean, uh, ducks, there's a very good business in cleaning ducks. There's, you know, millions of homes in this country with ducks in them, but the, there's, there are changes taking place in the field where newer homes are probably not going to have ducks. So if your business relies solely on cleaning ducks, you're going to miss that opportunity. In terms of uh, embracing technology, um, I did an HVAC camp recently, had 30 people inside of the class. I had everybody's emails, I had everybody's cell phones. And with my online classroom, I can blast emails to everybody inside of the, um, uh, in a group. So I had people coming to me saying that they wanted to hire people and I would blast emails to the entire group and I would get like two or three responses because most of the people that attended the camp, if they either had smartphones, maybe they didn't have the email on their smartphone or they didn't have it set up in a way where they could get these constant alerts. So these people will miss out on opportunities. We have to constantly be embracing the newer technologies if we want to take advantage of the opportunities that come along. And right now, there's a ton of opportunities, especially in the skills trade space, because you have Uh, so many people who are about to age out of the field. So whether that's plumbers, electricians, HVAC technicians, um, skilled trades are some of the oldest fields because we had an entire generation that kind of skipped going into skills trades by going to college. Not that there's anything wrong with going to college, but again, um, a lot of people are going to college because a guidance counselor told them to go to college and said, that's a good way to earn a living. And, you know, numbers prove that people who go to college earn more money. But guess what? If everybody's going to college, then the people who are really earning more money are the people in the skills trade because there's more scarcity there mm-hmm. and there's more availability uh, for people to earn more when there's a greater demand. So right now in the summertime, you have, I, I know guys who they're hiring left and right. Like if, if you have a driver's license and a pulse, they'll hire you because there's such a demand right now. But if people don't know about it, they're not going to take advantage of it. And, you know, looking at your technology and the network that you're building with all of the people who use your software, one of the, uh, uh, the great benefits is to just the network effect. Because what happens a lot of times um, in, 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 in any, you know, platform such as the one that you're building, uh, in, in, in HVAC, people don't know who to turn to to get information. So if I think I need to do X, Y, Z, who do I speak to? Who do I communicate with? So I don't know if you guys know it or not, but you're actually building like a a tremendous community of people that will have this knowledge base that will be able to support each other in terms of where you can, you know, look for that new knowledge 
And that's what we really have to be doing is getting people excited, getting people to, to want to keep looking for that new thing. Because listen, I, I, I talk with manufacturers all the time. I tour manufacturing plants. There are crazy things coming along. And these are not things that are like, you know, like they're going to be optional for homeowners. They're going to be substantial changes in the HVAC field, which are going to require the changeover of millions of pieces of equipment. And it's going to be a huge opportunity for the people who know about it and know how to do it. But after being in the tech space, in service for a little while, you've seen the knowledge gap. What has been the most surprising part? about how tech has helped close it? And what would you want to tell these, these companies out there? We're at the tip of the iceberg. Um, there's, we have a long way to go. I, I was, uh, last week I, I had a, a, a problem with my shower and I went into a plumbing supply shop to, you know, to get a part. And as I was there, I, you know, rather than calling up and asking the question, I, you know, I went in and there was a dispatcher there and there was, the owner was, was, was meandering around and, you know, I, I saw that he had a flip phone and I said, I started asking, I couldn't help myself. Of course, I, I started asking questions about, you know, just like, what do they use for scheduling and dispatching? And he was just like, yeah, we don't really, you know, we don't, we're not, we're not that big. We, we've got five trucks. And, and it is just surprising to me that, you know, in this day and age today that somebody still has a, you know, has a smart, has, has a flip phone is not using technology, is not using software to run their business in, in, in any regard. I, there, there is, there is you know, a, a world of, you know, I, I would say a group of service providers, you know, a very large percentage of them that are still kind of stuck in that you know, regime. And so to me, that's the most surprising um, aspect of, you know, of, of this, you know, persona is that there are people that, that exist like this and uh, that exist and don't care about adopting, you know, new technology. That's the, that's the bad side um, or the side that is really surprising. On the positive side, I think that there are, you know, the early adopters, the ones that are embracing it are paying an absolute fortune. They're, they are spending a lot of money on education. They're spending a lot of money on tools. They're spending a lot of money with, you know, with social media, advertising themselves and doing all sorts of things. And I think that there's a different knowledge gap for even for that group as well. So there's the knowledge gap on one side that is just, they just don't know what's out there and they're oblivious to it. And they're just going to be left, you know, in the dust. And then there's the knowledge gap of people that, that hear that something is cool and they feel like they just have to have it and they just got to, to do it. They're not optimizing for, for cost. They're just like, we're going to spend money on it. We're going to adopt it because that's what everybody's doing. And they're, they're fast followers. And I think that, that part of the knowledge gap is, is really kind of creating, you know, sort of what is the platform for sharing? What is the standard so that people don't get taken advantage of on one side and people can bring up or raise the bar on the other side. There needs to be a happy medium of says, this is what it, this is what's required to run, you know, a successful business. These are at least the basic elements that you need, you know, almost like an MBA for, you know, for small business owners that help them understand, like, here's, here's benchmarking as to what tools you need, how much you should be spending on a website, how much you should be spending on technology, what third-party tools you should be using? Do I need, you know, sophisticated laser imaging, you know, devices for HVAC, or can I be okay with the handheld, you know, sort of analog device? Like those types of decisions today need to like need to, or, or there at least needs to be a platform for helping people understand like what, you know, what is available to them and what are the right, you know, what are the right choices that they should be making? I couldn't agree more. Um, I, 
in my capacity um, as an instructor, I have many students and former students who are property managers, resident managers, everything from small, you know, single family or multiple uh, family dwellings up until, you know, 1200 unit complexes. And the biggest issue um, that they have uh, deals with the lack of communication and understanding in regards to service that takes place inside of their facilities. And it, it creates an opportunity where um, some service professionals, a very few service professionals take advantage of that fact. And they essentially give a black eye to everybody in the industry because now um, you're kind of suspicious of what people are doing inside of uh, these facilities when you, you're kind of held hostage. Um, if you have, like right now, you know, it could be 100 degrees outside. Uh, if you have a need for cooling in your facility right now, or even worse, if it's a data center or something related to the internet, you know, you're not in a position to bargain with anybody when it comes to making sure that your uh, system is going to keep operating. And there needs to be better transparency. I think that's one of the, the, the great things about uh, technology, especially such as, uh, uh, as yours. Um, and as you were stating, like I, I remember teaching back in the 2000s where there, there were smartphones that it was probably like a, a Palm Pilot with one you know, a line of text that you could actually read. And if you uh, went online for like, you know, I don't know, a couple of like five, 12 kilobytes of information, it probably cost you a hundred bucks a month. And nowadays we have access to so much data, so much information, not only uh, um, so just in terms of uh, pricing, transparency and things like that, that you can offer um, in your platform. You can also offer things such as different options, which are available for uh, the customers. So, okay, maybe you don't want to pay at this tier there's a lower tier here, there's a lower tier there. So there's some, some, some flexibility that will uh, help um, uh, uh, enhance the relationship between the client and the service provider. And not necessarily that um, you know, people are always gonna take the cheapest option, but they just wanna know that there's a diff different option available that might uh, suit their needs in a different way. Um, in, in terms of what has surprised me uh, the most about um, what I'm seeing, um, one of the, the my biggest frustrations um, uh, has it, I, I'm a very much a team guy, you know. Um, even though I, I can, I'm probably an expert in a lot of the things that I teach. I've assembled a team of other people who, you know, know far more about specific areas of subject matter in HVAC because I, I believe very much in team and having the best of the best available. And the same thing applies with service companies. No matter if you're the boss or if you're the, the new person that just got hired, everybody's contributing to that team in some way. And everybody's um, um, mindset is important and everybody has something to contribute. So just because people have been in the industry for a very long time, it, it may be possible that a kid that knows nothing about HVAC but knows how to use a cell phone might be able to explain to that, you know, grizzled veteran that, okay, we need to, we have these new Bluetooth sensors that are connecting on this smart home or on this uh, a building automation system, and here's how you connect it. Um, but that person needs to be given license to have their voice heard. And what has surprised me is the, the lack of that in this industry, not from everybody again, but from uh, people who very much 
kind of stay with a certain pattern of the way that they do things and they're very reluctant to change. And then because they, they can't answer, you know, things outside of their kind of wheelhouse, then they become very defensive and they're not willing to share information or even learn anything new to be able to share information. So you get this, you get this uh, kind of disgruntledness that takes place uh, with the uh, people who are coming into the industry because they they're not learning, they're not growing, they're not they're not earning you know as much as they could be, and if they if they're not given the ability to learn while they earn, they'll, they'll never earn more. So we need to utilize the technology, take advantage of the technology, but also use the technology to make sure that people can continue to learn so that they can stay engaged in the work that they're doing. So I'm gonna leave with this final question and it's sort of more of a futuristic look is, now that you guys mentioned the things that surprise you, I I want to know more of like, what do you think is the most promising things of the future? So Taurus, in your, in your side, what is most promising when it comes to educating this next generation to, to get more people into the service space? Like, like what is, what is the most promising aspect of this? Sure. The, um, to me, the most promising aspect is the technology. A hundred percent. You can do things with a mobile phone now that you you could not do under any circumstances before. And just in terms of like education, um, when you're educating people, people rarely like to admit that they don't know something. So um, it's if you you can have a classroom of 20, 30 people and you, you know, ask everybody individually, do you understand what I'm saying? And everybody will shake their head. Yes. And everybody will go home and not really understood what you had said. And it, it, it creates a situation where um, by the next time you congregate and you're trying to teach the next subject matter, you, you can't really progress because people are asking questions from the previous class that they didn't really understand. So um, in my case, what I use my online classroom to do is to um, uh, cover basically everything. So a lot of things that we would never go over in the classroom, just having an endless amount of information that people can use as a resource to learn about everything if they want to. So a lot of people currently go to YouTube if they, if they don't know something. The problem with that is it's not curated. So there's a wide variety of uh, uh, um, quality in terms of the material that you'll be watching. And then there's a wide, vari- uh, wide variety of the actual competency of the people who are doing the instruction. So um, what I like to do, what, I, what I'm actually doing, since, since I started my online classroom, I've uh, tailored it in a way that allows us to access experts in their field in real world context. So if we're talking about, you know, uh, you know, a heater or a furnace or uh, air conditioner or, you know, some of the larger equipment that I deal with, uh, we have people in the field uh, doing it where, again, the highest uh, proficiency um, that we can possibly find. So you see it in the real world, but then we take it back into the laboratory and then we break down individually what everybody is doing. And then we take it to the next degree by having virtual simulators where people get to practice what they just saw in that video. And then we take it to the next level by having these 
um, mobile hands-on classes where people can congregate and actually perform the task in the real world. So um, I have um, friends who are doctors and they say that um, they have this uh, methodology where you uh, watch somebody do it, you do it yourself, and then you teach it. And that's something I, I believe we, we need to utilize also in the skills trade where um, there has to, we have to have a multi-dimensional approach to getting the information to, into people's heads. And whether that's um, using, as I do, video uh, training, uh, interactive training simulators, the hands-on training in conjunction with that. Um, I actually um, I have this little um, program I call Uber for HVAC, well, not officially, um, where uh, I connect um, um, students with uh, HVAC professionals where they actually get to go into the real world and work on jobs because there, there is no better learning situation than, than the real world. So um, in terms of you know, technology or what surprises me, um, I'm constantly surprised by the new advances in techno technology that become available um, that allow us to train people better. Because, you know, I don't consider myself an a, a informant of HVAC as much as I do um, a generalist in terms of the way that people learn. We have to reevaluate the way that people learn because when AI and machine learning comes and it, it, it is, it's here right now, we, we have to be able to train people in more things at a quicker pace in non-traditional locations because the, the old, you know, uh, going to school for years before you actually enter the job market is not going to suffice. So uh, I have many students who are working a job someplace. They can pull out their cell phone. They can watch online videos. They can take practice tests. They can do interactive simulators, and they can actually learn where they are. They don't have to travel for an hour or two to get to a classroom after they worked for eight hours a day, and now their brain is not in, in, in a state to actually learn new information. We need to use the technology to, to get people to absorb the information where they are, where they're comfortable, and, and refresh over and over again. So if somebody has to uh, constantly watch the same video or watch a hundred different videos, I want to make sure that those options are available for them in every category. So on the, on the flip side, Avi, from a, a, a technical or technology standpoint, what do you see as the most promising bit of tech in the service space? The thing that I'm most excited about was something I demoed recently with uh, augmented reality. Um, it was the ability for a service technician to remotely help um, a homeowner with a problem by being able to use something that looks very similar to FaceTime, but be able to like look at, you know, something that someone else is looking at and to be able to sort of through a guided tour, be able to um, point to something, annotate it and show a homeowner exactly what to do to resolve something. That remote tech support um, was just fascinating. I mean, we've got FaceTime, we have lots of ways that we can see each other or communicate with each other, but, um, empowering or enabling FaceTime with annotation and with a not with knowledge as well, meaning you could access a, let's say a, an article about how to write, you know, how to fix something through that medium as well. All of that, you know, is, is really fascinating to me and something I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about, but also the, something that, that, uh, Taurus talked about was the curation of, of, uh, of 
some of these articles of, of some of the things that are important for people to you know, know about. There's so much content out there and finding you know one repository where you could go to that can help you figure out and fix anything that's in your home or in your business or whatnot. Um, and then if you can't, like if you can't find something, you know, who can you call or where can you go to, to figure that out? There, there, there's too much information out there and too different, too many different ways, you know, too many different sources of truth. And so um, the task for all of us from a technology standpoint is to make the content searchable and indexable so that we can help, you know, both the service providers do their job better as well as homeowners enjoy the experience of interacting with service providers better so that they can fix the things that are broken. So awesome, Taurus, thank you very much for coming on the show. Avi, as always, I love it. Uh, thanks everybody for tuning in. Remember to subscribe to In The Know on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. If you like this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, thanks for joining and we'll see you next episode.